Hello, and welcome to Sci-Fi Radio Theater, the internet's number one source for original science fiction, horror, and fantasy-themed radio play podcasts. Our podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or on our website at www.scifiradiotheater.com. Before we get started with tonight's story, we would like to tell you about a fine product from one of our sponsors. As the days grow shorter and the nights grow colder, you may be starting to worry about the heat-producing capabilities of your house. Nobody wants to be sleeping in a chilly environment during the winter. But did you know that 80% of houses in America suffer from outdoor cold air intrusion? Well, the good folks at Leadface Leary's have a solution for you. Introducing the new Sauna House Sealer. Lead Face Larry's patented liquid lead sealing product, your house will be transformed from a freezing tundra to a steaming hot sauna in no time. Who wouldn't want an entire house that was at a constant sauna temperature during those freezing winter nights? Get your house sealed today by contacting Lead Face Larry's. And now it's time for the Bagua Tweet Box, an eight part science fiction murder mystery. Tonight's episode, episode four. Mysterious Elements. In last week's episode, Zippy and Vicky discovered a malfunctioning autopsy node speaking in cryptic gibberish about something known as the Exchange. Additionally, Otto and Sheriff Bates went to BIT and interrogated the equally malfunctioning professor of robotics, Matt Peters. While at BIT, Otto and Sheriff Bates discovered a secret compartment in Homer Diaz's office containing diagrams of machines and a list of participants for this Exchange event. Shortly after this happened, Otto was trapped inside a device at BIT and nearly killed by Matt Peters. Sheriff Bates managed to save Otto, but not before Matt Peters escaped. In the end, after an emotional plea from Patricia, Otto decided to drop the Homer Dia murder case altogether. Tonight's episode begins inside the Boston Police Station, where our team is now based. Excuse me. I-, I need help. Okay. What's going on? My husband's gone missing. I think something may have happened to him. Right. Okay. Come with me. I'll get your information. Here. Have a seat. So what's your name? Veronica Yap. Okay. And what's your husband's name? Chen Yap. What happened? Chen never came home last night. He works at the Chinese Education Center. I called him as he was walking home, and he said he was only 30 minutes away. But I waited up all night, and he never came back. I tried calling him over and over again, but he never picks up. I'm sorry to hear that, and I'll make sure to log this information, but we can't start investigating a missing person's case until they've been gone for at least 48 hours. No, 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 you can't do that. If he's been kidnapped, they could have done something to him by then. No. You have to look into this. He's my husband. Mrs. Yap, again, I'm sorry. I do understand, but we just can't investigate until 48 hours have passed. What I'll do is I'll log the information, and as soon as the 48-hour time frame is up, I'll send someone out to investigate. But unfortunately, that's all I can do right now. Well, what am I supposed to do? Just sit around and hope that he doesn't get killed? No, you certainly can't do that. Here's my advice. If you can afford it, hire a private investigator to start looking into the case until the 48-hour time frame is up. When the 48 hours is up, you can drop the private investigator and tell them to surrender any evidence or information they've found to the police department. By law, they have to do it. Then we'll be able to start looking into it, but we'll have the 48 hours worth of information the investigator was able to collect as well. Also, if the investigator is able to find any evidence of imminent danger, he'll be able to call us and we can come out onto the scene immediately. Okay. Good. I have a list of PIs I've worked with before. Stay here, I'll get it for you. Thanks. No, I have to go! I have to prepare! Don't take me in! You can't! No! Hold him down! He's going crazy! No! What's going on? This crazy drug we picked up, he was trying to kidnap a note from the department store! I have to get away! I have to go there! No! 
You can't! You can't keep me! It's near! It's near! See? Told you he's nuts! Sir, what are you talking about? We can't help you if we don't understand what you're trying to say. The place! Let me go! I have to get to the place! It's soon! I have a meeting! Okay, get him into the tank. Maybe when he comes down, he'll be able to speak a little more. Alright, buddy, let's go! No! 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 Jeez. You sure you don't need me to turn on the GPS? Nah, I know where the library is. Okay. I still think we should just give everything to Bates and let him take care of it. I know you do. If he finds out we continue to hide information from him, it will come back to bite us in the ass. I told you I'm not going to turn her in. I said I'd drop the case and I will. But I'm giving the drug evidence to Barbara. I'm dropping her case which is bad enough, but I'm not going to be responsible for her losing her money at the same time. Fine. You're just lucky Bates is wrapped up getting BIT swept over. Otherwise you wouldn't have a chance to talk to her before he does. Okay, I'll be back. Okay. Hi. Hi, can I help you? Yeah, I'm looking for Barbara Dia. I need to speak with her. Barbara? Yeah. Well, um, I think you're in the wrong place. What do you mean? She works here, right? Well, she used to, uh, but she quit months ago. What? Are you sure? Yeah, she, she left pretty abruptly, too. She just shot off an email to our manager stating she was leaving. Never came in. It was really annoying, too, because I had to end up covering for her for a month until they could hire a replacement. Really? Excuse me. This number has been disconnected. Please check the number and try again. What the hell? Excuse me, uh... Teresa. Teresa. Uh, I'm actually with the police department. I need to get into contact with Barbara for legal reasons. Oh, uh, sounds like someone got into trouble. Uh, well, I don't really know if I can help you at all. I, I don't talk to her ever. Management may still have her address on file, if that helps. Nah, I already have that on record at the police station. Uh, could you lead me to where she worked then? I'd like to take a look at her old working space. Well, I mean, this is a library. We don't really have set offices. The entire library is our office. Besides... When she left, we threw out all of her stuff. I don't think there's anything here of hers anymore. I see. Do you know exactly how long ago she quit? Uh, let me think. July, August... I would say, like, five and a half months ago, or something like that. Thank you for your help. How did it go? Were you able to successfully charge Barbara for the time you put into the case so far? Yeah, I sent the charges through on the computer at the station last night. Why? Strange. What is it? What happened? Barbara Dia quit the library via email five and a half months ago. The phone number she gave us has been disconnected too. Huh? I think she might be in trouble. Maybe when she came to us she wasn't trying to hire us to find her brother's killer. What if she was trying to get a message to us that she was in trouble? Trying to get us on the trail? Oh, too. I know, I know. I'm not saying I'm staying on. It's just something to tell Bates. Something to tell him when we give him all of the information. So you're going to give him the drugs and the videos now? Yeah. We have to. I mean, this changes the game. If she's in trouble, the duty moves from her being a client to her being a victim. So her money be damned, our job, or the police's job will be to save her, right? I'll just be glad when someone else is dealing with this. Right.
Hey! Did you find anything? Some stuff. Nothing groundbreaking, though. The battery that Otto found was a standard battery that is manufactured by a company called NewTek. Yeah, I've heard of them. Well, the battery can be used for a multitude of equipment, including laser saws, electric drills, and electric multi-tools. The manufacturer sells these all over the world and the moon, but they don't attach unique codes to each of the battery units as they're normally part of a larger tool which does have a unique code. Unless we have some other clue, there's nothing that can really lead us to the point of purchase. Oh, too bad. Well, at least we can more or less confirm Otto's suspicion that the murder weapon was a laser saw. Yeah. Speaking of which, do you know when Otto and Patricia are getting back? I kind of want to talk to Patricia. I don't know. She went over to see him at the hospital. It could be a while. What did you need to talk to her about? Oh, I just... I don't know. With all these near-death experiences going on, it sort of makes you think, you know? Like about what's really important and where you're going in life and stuff. I guess I just wanted to let her know that we're still friends, even though she dragged me into this. This experience hasn't really been as bad as I assumed it would be. Well, how about that? What's up with him? Oh, he's found something. Okay, Tubby, I'm pulling it up on my screen. I made it so that each product has a multitude of codes and features logged into the system as each lock is unique. What that means is when you find the actual lock that matches the product features list, there's pretty much a 100% chance that you found the correct one. However, in return, it's really difficult to filter through all the locks that are sold to find a specific one, as I sell a pretty large volume of them. I've been working on developing a system to sort everything better, but I've gotten bogged down the last couple months and haven't been able to complete the program yet. Anyway, I was going nuts trying to manually sort through my records, trying to find out who the lock on the etui box was sold to. Then I remembered that the threat assessment code in Tubby is basically an advanced form of an unstructured data sorting program. So I wired him up to my customer data extranet, and I'm having him do the work for me. And it looks like he found it. There we go. Which field do I look at here? This one. Huh. Huh. How do you like that? Homer Dia. He bought it himself. So what does that mean? I don't know. I guess it means that he was aware that the bomb was in there, too. He was an engineer. Do you think he put the bomb in the box himself? It would make sense. Assuming that he was particularly smart, he would have had the know-how to make and install the bomb himself. He would have also been able to code it so that it would go off when someone else opened it. Yeah. The question is, why did he go through so much trouble? And, hey, expense. Oh, look at that price tag. You sell a high volume of these locks? You must be loaded. I do okay. I'll say. Anyway, the question is why did he go through so much trouble for a bunch of useless pebbles? Maybe the pebbles aren't as useless as we think. Hmm. Do you have the box? Yeah, it's right here. Let's see here. It looks like there are, what, seven pebbles in here? One is red, one is green, one is yellow, one is white, a blue, a gray, a brown. Do you think the number of pebbles or the colors have anything to do with it? Hell if I know. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna send this to the lab guys. Maybe they can tell us what the pebbles are made out of. Good idea. And while you're down there, can you ask them how much longer until I can look at Adam? They still haven't let you look at him yet? Nah. Bates demanded that his own team got a look at it before I was able to see him. They also won't let me look at any of the other stuff they found at BIT either. He said he didn't want me finding anything before his team did. I bet you money they won't be able to get anything out of Adam without me, though. And why is that? It's like Otto said. They don't know how to talk to or handle robots. Dealing with nodes is a lot different than dealing with inanimate objects, which is what police labs typically deal with. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, I'll see you later. Hey. Yeah? Why don't you come with me and Maggie to Hugo Bernard's place? What? Well, you're just sitting around here doing nothing anyhow. After I drop this off at the lab, me and Maggie are going to go interrogate him. You were really good when it came to dealing with Adam. You should come talk to Hugo with us. I threw up and cried when we interrogated Adam. But we got the information out of him. When it comes to interrogation, generally the form doesn't matter as long as the function works. I don't know. Isn't that unorthodox? Taking a civilian into an interrogation? Psh! Tell me one thing that is orthodox about this case. Besides, I told you it's my job to lead you into danger. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll come. All right, then. 
Tubby, stay here on lockdown mode. You're listening to the Bogwa Tweebox on Sci-Fi Radio Theater, and the mysteries keep piling up for our team. We'll be right back to the story after this word from our sponsor. This is a public service announcement from your American government. There has recently been reports in the media of an incident at Space Station Alpha 9 Beta involving a rogue Earth astronaut and a member of the Tulik Imperial Legion. This report has been grossly misrepresenting the situation and there is currently no need to panic. At this time, the American government would like to remind all citizens that being a part of the intergalactic nations is an honor and a privilege and that bigotry and speciesism is not a part of the American spirit. Thank you for your time. And now, back to the Bogwa Tweebox here on Sci-Fi Radio Theater. guys, I just realized all of our names end with E. Your friends are weird, Vicky. Quiet down, you two. We're here. Okay, now Zippy, just stay behind me and Maggie. We're going to be handling the talk. I just want you to listen in case he tries to throw any techno babble at us that we don't understand. Got it? Got it. Yeah, and if it gets dangerous in here, just bolt for the door and call for backup on the radio in the car. Will do. Suburbs with lots of trees. Yeah, I noticed that. What's so special about that? At the precinct, we have this running thing that all the really crazy stuff is always happening in the suburbs with lots of trees around. For some reason, this is where all the nut jobs like to live. Yikes! Is this guy here? Let's just go in. Hello? Hello? Hugo Bernard, are you there? This is the police. Look at all this stuff. It's all robotic equipment. It's everywhere. Hugo! What do you think he's doing in here? I guess he's building something. I sure hope we don't run into whatever it is. Hey! Ah! What are you doing here? You can't... You can't be here! We're here from the police department. You need to calm down. Don't tell me to calm down. The needle. The needle. It's, it's everywhere. I've made it. I've got to put it in the needle. Zippy, get back to the car. Okay. I can't. I can't think. I need it. I have to know. I have to. We were working. You interrupted our work. We must work. Hugo, listen to me. It's fine. You're fine. Just sit down. Uh, my head. Uh. Vicky, he's going nuts. Bring him down with the taser. No. He's running. Go after him. People are here! We must defend! No, Hugo, not that! Die! Vicky, look out! Ah! No! Stand still, buddy! Uh, you okay, Vicky? Uh, I don't know. He stabbed me in the arm with some syringe thing. I think he injected me with something. Goddamn psycho! Hey, you! What was in that stuff? That wasn't meant for you! Hey! Listen to me! What was that stuff? It won't hurt you. Ugh. Maggie, this guy is... Just hold on, Vicky. Hey, buddy, take that jacket and hood off. Let me see who you are. What's up with your voice, too? It does mean I need you now. Ah! Hey, put him down! Hey, come back! Hey, Vicky! He's gone. He took off! He took off! He was carrying Vicky! He went through the woods over there. He was running like a million miles an hour. God damn it! How is that possible? I don't know, he must have some kind of implants or enhancements in his legs or something like that. I've never seen anything like that before. I'm gonna try and follow him. Call back up and tell them what happened. Here, take the car and get back to the station. It's not safe here. I'll catch a ride when backup comes. Tell Bates what happened if I don't come back. Wait! Damn it!
Well then. So now what? Well, if this was any other situation, I would have thrown you in jail for keeping crucial information from the police force. Unfortunately, thanks to your little legal performance we put on earlier, I guess there's not a lot I can do. You're quitting, huh? Fine, get out of here. I don't need your dead weight on this case. And you let Zippy go too. Right. Let's go, Patricia. Otto. What? You know you want to bring this ring down more than anyone else. You'll be back. You hate me. What do you care if I'm on the case or not? Because. In a few days, you three have been able to get us closer to the center of the crime in this city than my team has been able to do in two years. Fine. Then you can carry it from here. What is this? Will I be able to? Will my team be able to carry it from here? I hate a lot of people you know. You're not special because of that. I hate most people, in fact. Including the men I hire to work in this force every day. But what I've had to come to accept in my life as the enforcer of the law in this city is that it's my duty to get the job done. And that's it. It doesn't matter if I hate you or the people in the office next door or even myself. The only thing that matters is getting the job done. And you three get the job done. I have a feeling that you think the same way too. What can I say? You and your team have got the stuff in your guts that I need, Vinekainen. Besides, just because I hate you doesn't mean we can't be friends, right? Otto, come on. Don't listen to him. Sorry, Bates. I'm a private dick. I don't work for honor. I work for cash. You want money? Hell, I can get you money. Goodbye, Howard. Otto! Damn it. You're doing the right thing. Let's just go. Okay. Otto! Patricia! Bates! Zippy, what's wrong? What's going on? Vicky's been kidnapped by a killer. What? What happened? What happened? We went to the pathologist's house. He was acting all crazy. He had a ton of robotic parts and things all over his house, too. He started yelling, and Maggie told me to run out to the car, so he did. I don't know what happened inside, but I heard a gunshot. Then I saw a man dressed in a long jacket with a hood. He ran out to the back of the house, and he was carrying Vicky. He was running like a hundred miles an hour. He ran out to the woods, and Maggie chased after him. I called for backup, and then I came here. Wait, what do you mean he ran off carrying Vicky? I don't know. He just... He must have had some, like, suit on or some kind of enhancements on him or something. He literally just picked up Vicky and ran off. How do you know it was the killer? I guess... I guess I I don't. I'm just assuming. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Hey, Patricia. Alright. I'm going to try to get Maggie or someone from backup on the line to see what's going on. It's gonna be fine. Oh my god. Oh my god. Hey, listen to me. We're staying in the case, okay? I'm staying on until we get him back. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Patricia, don't panic. Vicky was alive when he carried him out of there. I think if he wanted him dead immediately, he would have killed him there, right? He must have a plan or something, which means we have time to save him. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. We can do this. We just have to figure out who this guy is. Did you get a good look at him? Can you describe him to the sketch artist? I don't know. I I barely got a look at him. He was moving so fast. He was tall, though, and was wearing a long brown coat with a hood. It's a start. Just phoned in the backup. Maggie wasn't able to follow them. They are at the house right now, combing the place out. They're going to bring back anything they can find. They stated that they found what looks like more drugs in the house, too. So what do we do now? Okay, so this obviously is all tied to the Homer Diem murder case, right? So we need to continue to work on the evidence and clues we have available right now. Bates, were your guys able to bring back anything from BIT yet? It's starting to get dark out, and they've been there for a few hours now. I imagine they should be coming back soon. Oh, Adam, the autopsy node. I need to look at him. Your lab people wouldn't let me before. Also, we sent him the pebbles in the Atui box to analyze. They're, uh, working on it. Bates, look, if you want us on the case, you need to bring us all the way in or we're just screwing around here. So, you think I'm going to trust you now that I know you're hiding Homadia's drug addiction? You know now, don't you? 
Homer Dio is on drugs? It's a long story. I'll explain it to you. So what? You and your team are back on the case now? Depends. Can you afford it? <laughs> yeah, I can afford it. Then yeah, we're back on. At least until Vicky is found. I'm confused. Who's on Otto's team? He's talking about you, me, and Otto. You're going to be getting paid now, too. Oh, cool! I'm part of a detective team now. You're different. Alright, Zippy, that's you then. You and Patricia go down to the lab and see what you can find out from Adam. See if they were able to find anything about the pebbles, too. Okay. We'll also have them run tests on the drugs you found at BIT. Good idea. Review the tapes in the brothel, too. Howard, get some of your guys. We should check out Barbara Dia's home. If she's been kidnapped, there may be clues there. Right. Barbara Dia's been kidnapped? I'll explain that to you, too. Right, let's go. Patricia, don't worry. I'm gonna get him back. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Seriously. Okay, I heard you. You're listening to the Bagua Tweet Box here on Sci-Fi Radio Theater. We will be right back to the story after this word from our sponsor. In response to Hank Peepley's recent statements, Tony Choppins just wanted to take some time to set the record straight. Sure, Tony Choppins' brother Pork may be the head of the annual Cut-In and Holland Awards. However, this fact had no effect on the decision to award the Tony Choppins company with the honor. The fact is, Pork has been through seven different benign ethics courses and is a certified neutral by the Intergalactic Benevolent Coalition. On another note, however, Hank Peepley's claim that Hank's pitchforks and chainsaws has been certified by the Intergalactic Steel Association is a misleading statement. First off, the Intergalactic Steel Association is not officially recognized by the Intergalactic Nations. Second off, the Intergalactic Steel Association was created and run by Hank Peepley's own wife, T.C. Peepley. So next time you're looking for an honest steel chainsaw, come to Tony Choppins, where quality is our reputation. And now back to the Bagua Tweetbox here on Sci-Fi Radio Theater. I'm surprised you didn't try to go with Otto to Barbara Dia's place. Yes, yeah, I don't know. I probably should have. I wasn't thinking. Otto probably purposely wanted me to stay here so I could cool down. We're going to find him. You're right. We are. I just have to try to keep my brain focused and brutal right now and I'll be okay. Hey, thanks for letting me on the team. Okay, you've gone nuts, lady. No, I haven't. You were ready to kill me yesterday for dragging you into this? Well, I don't know. It's, it's different now. Danger isn't as bad as I thought it would be. I guess I've always been scared of dangerous situations, which is probably why I started a security company. But to be honest, I never really faced dangerous situations until now. It's different than I thought it would be. I always thought when you're in the heat of it, you would become all anxious and nausea-y. But... When you're actually in it, it's not like that at all. You just sort of react and don't think. You don't have time to be anxious, you just have time to be you. It's sort of like the expectation of danger is the thing that makes you upset, not the actual danger itself. I always try to control things, but I'm starting to think that all I can really do is control myself and how I react to things when things actually happen. Yeah, I get it. Hey. You're a really good friend, and I really appreciate you being in my life. I, I really appreciate you too. And, and thanks for the hug. Okay, uh, we're at the lab. Let's go in. Wow, this place is pretty cool with all the test tubes and view screens and stuff. Hans, are you here? Hello, yeah. Who is it? It's Patricia, Patricia LaCroix. I work with Otto Weinerkainen. We met. Ah, Patricia, yes. How are you? Ah, I see you brought a friend too. How fun. Yes, this is Zippy. Zippy, this is Hans. He runs, uh, used to run the lab at the police headquarters. I suppose you work in the lab here now, though? Hi. 
<laughs> you have short hair. I love girls with short hair. That's so great. Yeah. How is the new location treating you, Hans? Oh, God, it's terrible. All of my equipment went poof with the headquarters building. Ah, the things they have here are so out of date. The mirror scanner I have tried to use hasn't had its software updated in six months, for goodness sake. Speaking of the mineral scanner, Vicky gave you a box with a bunch of pebbles in it to scan. Do you have the results? Yeah, I do. Bates called and told me you would be looking for that information. Okay, fine. Come, follow me. Ah, do you know what the worst part of this is? With the lab, it's run by James Henderson. Ugh. He basically is going to be acting like my boss until they re-establish the headquarter building. Ooh, I'm sorry to hear that. Who's James Henderson? James is another lab technician that works for the police department. Hans and him don't really get along. That douchebag couldn't find his ass if you give him a flashlight with a map. Ah, here we are. Okay, fine, let's look at the results. Hmm. Now this is interesting. These pebbles do not appear to be naturally made. There is a small seam around the outside of them, suggesting they were made by a machine, or possibly even handmade. Hmm. The pebbles themselves appear to be made out of the following materials. A mixture of stone and dirt, a mixture of hydrogen and oxygen. Like water? Yeah, but a very concentrated form of it to make it solid without turning into ice. It's so strange. I've never seen something like this before. I don't know how you would be able to do it. What about the other pebbles? Well, this is even more interesting. The other pebbles are made of solidified materials, which you would find in fire, dirt, electricity, a mix of oxygen and nitrogen, and another mixture of oxygen and hydrogen, but with some dirt mixed in. There are various forms and versions of natural elements, I think. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The red pebble is fire. Earth, which would be the stone and the dirt pebbles. This pebble would be electricity. These two pebbles would be water and, uh, dirty water, I suppose. And this one would be air. How is that possible? How can you turn things like fire and air into a solid? Well, I don't know. Like I said, I've never seen anything like this before. I mean, all of these things are made out of matter, so you would be able to find a way to stabilize the matter as it is in the active form and then solidify it. But that's just... I, whew, I don't even know how you would be able to do something like that. The more we investigate this thing, the more confusing it gets. Yeah, well, here. Take the box and pebbles back. I've discovered what they are. Now, it's up to you to discover why they are. Fair enough. Can we see Adam? Yeah, this way. I'm quite happy that you convinced Bates to let you look at the node. I am no good with dino robots. Give me minerals, give me blood, give me fingerprints. Yeah, the walking and talking robots, not so much. I wish to God they would hire a roboticist. Okay, fine, here we are. I have been trying to get him to speak, but he will not talk now. I've also tried to get him to open, but no luck there either. Adam? Hello, Adam. Adam, this is Officer Zapura Ernstein. I've recently been promoted by Sheriff Howard Bates to be your superior officer, and I order you to respond to me. Now what? Adam, overwrite TH1345 protocol and replace with FG789 protocol. Make the verbal statement confirming when the process is done. Hmm, that should have worked. Let me check him out. Ah, what happened? Uh, guys, I think he's dead. Dead? Well, I mean, not like dead as if he were actually really alive. I mean, I think his main processor has been fried. Could someone have gotten in here and scrambled his egg? Nine! I was here at the lab with him all day! They brought him in this morning when he was moving around, which was fine! I was working on other projects earlier, though, and he wasn't moving around or saying anything for a while now that I think about it. He could have quietly burned out and remained still while you were working. Here, let me see if I can get him open. The reason you probably weren't able to get him open is because he's burnt out. 
You can't respond to audio commands anymore. You'll have to find the manual release, which shouldn't work now that he's, uh, hmm, dead. There it is. Okay. Let's see what we've got inside here. You get way too excited about digging around in robo guts. Hey, I'm not the one who makes necklaces out of human bones. Meow. I heard that the notes at the brothel had their memories erased. Do you think the person who did that could have programmed him to self-destruct? Mm, I doubt it. Why not? Well, okay, so you know how every note has a set of prime directives coded into all of them. Yeah. Well, as you know, one of the central directives of that code is common across all nodes is that memory cannot be erased. The logic behind the directive is that since all nodes are not self-reflective, they are unfit to assess if data is important enough to store or delete. Now, the concept of robots not being self-reflective is pretty in-depth and complicated concept. But let me give you a watered-down example. Imagine if a node that works on Wall Street is going through a standard maintenance operation and in the process comes across a chunk of memory data that appears to be useless. Maybe the node had five minutes of looking at a random guy on a bench typing something into his phone in its memory. From the node's perspective, this is just random memory data that is taking up space and would therefore delete it. However, if you assess what the node saw from a different perspective, you would know that the man on the bench typing into his phone was sending insider trading information, which ultimately led to the stock market crash. However, as the node doesn't know this perspective and the inability to think ahead in a self-reflective manner, it would just delete the information, therefore losing important incriminating evidence. Right. So the government made it a law that nodes are not allowed to delete their memories. Right. And thus, the directive. Stay with me. This will all come back to your question in a minute. The issue with the directive, as well as any code, is someone could just hack it if they really wanted to. So in order to prevent this, they created something called an allowance protocol in the code. What it does is that it makes it so that in order for anyone to even get into the area of the code, where the main directives lay, they have to have permission from the node itself. Huh? You basically have to get a node to personally agree to let you hack into their central directive. But the thing with that is, and this is why it works so well in a security system, it's impossible. You can't ask a robot or a computer system for self-permission, as they have no concept of self. It's like asking a banana to peel itself. But what about passwords? Isn't that a form of getting permission from a computer? No. That's like getting a permission from a human. The human is the one that creates the password and sets the protocol that people cannot access unless they pass the test that the human has set up. The computer just acts as a gatekeeper. I'm talking about self-permission. The node has to personally allow access based on its own criteria that it creates itself. This means that it can't use anything that has been programmed into it. No preset password, no random password generators, no database information. It can't even use predictive reactive or assessment coding to create it, as the code has been written by a human. The code it would have to use would have to come completely and originally from itself. Basically, would have to spontaneously come up with its own original thought. However, as we've stated before, this is impossible as nodes are not self-reflective. In the end, the node is just a very mechanical, inanimate tool. Only beings that possess concepts of self-reflection are able to create original thoughts. So therefore, it's impossible to delete a node's memory. Okay, fine. But what about self-destruction? Well, it's basically the same story. Tied directly into the directive that a node can't delete its own memory is the node can't purposely destroy itself. I mean, destroying yourself would delete your memory files. But what about the node at the brothel? That one had its memory erased? Correct. So what that means is that someone figured out how to get past the allowance protocol, which is impressive to say the least, given that it's impossible. Okay, so yeah, then this same person who deleted the other node's memory could have programmed Adam here to self-destruct. Like I said, I'm doubtful of that. Why? Because this node didn't have his memory deleted. When I interrogated him the other night, he stated that someone tried to delete his memory but failed. If someone wanted him to self-destruct, 
they would have had to get past the allowance code, which they failed to do in order to delete his memory. Since Adam hasn't left anyone's sight since last night, I highly doubt the person who deleted the nose memories in the brothel would have been the one to sneak in and hotwire Adam to self-destruct either. So what was it? My suspicion is that some wiring or something got shaken loose and damaged, and that finally caused his higher processor to burn out. When I was talking to him earlier, his voice was all shaky and stuttering, and he was talking nonsense, which makes me think that there was some physical damage. Have I ever mentioned how what you are when you talk nerdy? Mm, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you two. You are so fun to make you play with each other while you are working. This is such a sexy fun time, yeah. What is that? Huh? What is that? I, er, I mean, what is that? There's something weird in here that a bunch of the central circuits are wired into. Uh, ah! Ah! Ew! 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 What? Let me take a look. What's that? It's a... Toe? A toe? Yeah. Someone cut off their toe and connected a bunch of Adam's circuits to it. Oh my god. That's so gross. Well, is this what caused him to act crazy and burn out? Yeah, I'd say so. Ugh. The moisture from the, uh, the thing there probably made its way through the inner workings of the main circuits and ultimately lit up to the main processor, which made him go berserk and then burn out. I have no idea how they were able to do that and still have him work in the first place. Why would somebody do that? Well, this is certainly a new one. Help me pull it out and I'll do some tests to see who this toe belongs to. Oh. Zippy, just go and give the other lab techs the drugs to test. We'll handle this. Oh, okay. For such a smart girl, she has a big stomach. Actually, she's doing pretty good. Hello. Is anyone home? You got the warrant? Just open the door. It's locked. I don't suppose any of you have lockpicking tools on you. I do. Here you go. Huh. That surprises me. What? That we come prepared for a locked door? No, that you use lockpicks to do it with. It just seems so... beneath you. You seem like the kind of guy who would much prefer the morally unambiguous sound of a battering ram. Ah, there we go. And here we are. Well, it looks like you were right. Kidnapped. Yeah, and apparently by force, based on how trash this hallway looks. All right, boys. Spread out and see what you can find. What do you think? Well, I think it was Sun, that's for sure. Based on the pattern of the damage to the hallway, it looks like they snatched her up quick and she didn't have much time to thrash around a great deal in order to cause too much damage. What about the locked door? If they kidnapped her in a hurry, how do they get her to lock the door? Huh. Well, they could have closed the door behind them quickly on the way out and would have auto-locked behind them based on the make of the doorknob. But if it auto-locks, they would have had to find a way to unlock it or bash the door open or something, but there doesn't look like there's any forced entry at the door. And they probably didn't just get Barbara to open the doors, it looks like they dragged her out from this direction. Yep, dragged her out from the kitchen. Sir, it looks like the assailant smashed through windows in the kitchen and crawled in. Yeah, two of the windows are broken in, and there's glass everywhere. I guess since they broke two windows, there are probably two of them. And pew, rotten food in the counter. She must have been in the middle of cooking when this happened. Based on the relatively light amount of damage here in the kitchen and leading out into the hallway and out the door, though, I would say whoever grabbed her was incredibly strong and fast. So, probably the guy who grabbed Vicky, then. I thought, too. But why wouldn't they carry her back out the window? Why did they bring her out the front door? Because... they didn't want to hurt her? That would make the most sense. If they dragged her out the window, she would have gotten cut up by the glass. When I met and talked with Barbara Diaz, she seemed to be in perfect physical health, too. I don't know. They ran off with Vicky instead of killing him on the spot, and they've apparently had Barbara Diaz in the custody for over six months and haven't killed her. Murder just doesn't seem like these guys' M.O. Are you starting to think that they didn't kill Homodia? It's hard to say. There's so much of this that doesn't make any sense at all. Why would you kill a man and then kidnap his sister for six months without killing her? 
Why would she come to me looking for help without giving me the details? I guess she could have known that someone was listening in at the time, but if she knew that they were bugging her and that they knew that she knew that they knew, why would she come to me? And what does all this have to do with BIT and men with physical enhancements? You're thinking too much, Otto. Yeah? I think you're right. The more I try to think all this through, the less it makes sense. It's like the more we dig, the deeper this hole gets. <sighs> well, I guess if we just gotta keep digging, I hope that we come out the other side eventually. Sheriff Bates, the boys have pretty much searched every room so far. We haven't really found anything. The only sign of a conflict is here in the kitchen and leading out the front door. Everything else is in perfect condition. They found our computer, though. Okay. Maybe that nerd girl can do something with it. In the meantime, keep looking around. Check every crevice. I don't want us to miss anything. Yes, sir. What's up with you all of a sudden? This place is a hellhole, isn't it? Eh. Just a couple of broken windows. No, I mean the city. This place has really turned into a hellhole. No one knows that more than me. You know, the other day I was investigating a case. It ended up being a murder case. I found the guy bisected in the basement of a house in JP. Bisected, Howard. Someone cut the goddamn guy in half. My parents used to take me around the area when I was a kid, and now I'm finding people cut in half there. Yeah. Hey, about that case. They said he was missing a piece of one of his hands after you reported it in. I took it. You took it. Well, I didn't cut it off or anything. It had already been cut off, and the piece of the bone was lying on the floor. Patricia makes necklaces out of that stuff, so I took it for her. When you decided to tell me this right now, what did you think my reaction was going to be? Oh, give me a break, Howard. It's a useless piece of evidence. Besides, me and my team are no good to you right now if you put us in jail for stealing a dead man's hand bone. Have I told you how much I hate you lately? Yep, you have. But heading back to the station. I think we need to do another powwow with the team to figure out our next move. And that's all the information we have collectively gotten so far. Minus the information Dr. Renat will be giving us in a moment. My head hurts. It's not that hard to understand, Maggie. Here, I'll help! Vicky's been kidnapped by an enhanced person after first being injected with a mystery liquid that was being made at the house of the pathologist who did the autopsy on Homerdia, and then tried to cover it up by deleting the records, and by putting up a deception protocol on Adam, the autopsy node who also had a toe installed on his mainframe for some currently unknown reason. At the same time, it looks like Barbara Dia had also been kidnapped six months ago by two people, one of which was probably the same person who kidnapped Vicky, and when she visited Otto, she may have been trying to give him clues to save her because she may have been being listened into at the time. On a different note, we now know that Homerdia was on drugs during the time he was killed, and that he was the one who ordered the law for me for the A2 box, which leads us to believe that he may have created the hyperneurobomb as well. Oh, and speaking of hyperneurobomb, they found a secret compartment at Homer Diaz's office in BIT which contained a bag of currently unidentified drugs and a bunch of diagrams for machines that appear to cut people up as part of something known as the exchange, which is something that Adam, the autopsy node, was talking about before he burned out. But we don't know where the exchange takes place because the location was written in code. Oh, and speaking of Adam burning out, while we were at the lab when Adam burnt out, we also found that the pebbles within the Etui box were each hand or machine made out of different natural elements, which is really weird because the science to do something like that is mind-boggling, and why the heck would someone want to do that in the first place? Oh, and speaking of science, while Otto was at BIT, he got locked in a burning box by one of the teachers there who seemed to have gone crazy or something, but after Otto escaped the box, he was in a room filled with machines diagrammed to cut people up. Oh, and Hugo Bernard was acting crazy at the house, but then Maggie shot him, and now he's dead. Oh, and Patricia found a bunch of videotapes from the night that Homer Dia was killed in the brothel. I think I'm gonna throw up. Oh yeah, and Vicky found out that the battery at the crime scene was a standard battery that could have been used in a laser saw. I think we should probably just let Hans go up and present now. Thank you very much, Sheriff Bates. Ladies and gentlemen, as our pathologist has gone cuckoo crazy nuts and is now shot through the noggin and dead, I am now acting as pathologist as well. To begin with, I have to talk about the nutty node Adam. It has been assessed with the help of Zippy, the very cute smart girl, that Adam has gone strange due to a human toe being used to replace his central RAM processor unit. Why this was done and how is unknown at this time. However, what is of interest to know is that after doing the autopsy on Hugo Bernard, I found that it was his very toe that had been installed into Adam the robot. What? He cut off his own toe? Yes, it would appear so. Again, the question of why remains, however. 
Wait. Exchange? You don't think... What? This sort of makes uh, sense. I mean, think about it. Exchange, strange machines at BIT that seemingly have been diagrammed out to cut people up, and now we find a toe installed inside one of the robots. So, they're exchanging body parts then? I'm not following. The exchange. What if when they are talking about exchange, they are talking about switching their body parts with nodes? Huh. If someone was able to exchange their body parts with a robot, they could become enhanced like the guy who kidnapped Vicky, right? I don't see why not. Assuming you could actually do it. At least it would make sense why they would be building all these machines to cut people up. But what would the value of putting your body part into a robot be? How does that do anything? Hmm. Hans, did you find any sort of robotic parts inside Hugo Bernard's body? This is an interesting idea. However, nine, I did not find anything robotic inside of Hugo Bernard. Eh, well, so much for that. Well, not necessarily. Remember, Zippy, in science, the absence of evidence is not necessarily the confirmation of failure. One thing I did notice on Hugo Bernard is that he had a scar on his forehead. However, due to the kabloomy, exploding nature of his head, I was not able to find anything of real interest behind the scar other than messy pulp. Perhaps there was something there, but it was destroyed by the bullet. Those pictures of Omar Diaz, remember? I saw what looked like wires coming out of his chest cavity. Howard, since Barbara Diaz has apparently been kidnapped, do you think you could speed up the process and the paperwork to exhume Homer Diaz's body? Could you get it tonight? You're going to dig him up? This isn't to make more jewelry, is it? You told him about my necklaces? Howard. <sighs> I'll see what I can do. But I'm not doing this because you asked me to. I'm doing it because as sheriff, I want to. Right. Hey, I've got a question. Why did Hugo's head explode like that? I've seen guys shot in the head before, and it ain't normally that, uh, gory. Excellent question, Maggie. After doing blood samples on Hugo Bernard, I found that there was a very high dose of strange drugs that I have never seen before. The basic effects of the drug seem to cause an effect on the brain, possibly explaining the strange behavior as well as the, the skull itself. Namely, it softens the bones of the skull, which is what caused his head to go kablooey squirt squirt when you shot him. Why he was on these drugs is currently unknown. However, more of this drug was found at Hugo Bernard's house. Was it the same drug I found in Homer Diaz's office at BIT? Nein, that was a completely different drug altogether. Again, something I have not seen before. It appears to be a highly powerful narcotic that disguises itself as caffeine when checked for in the bloodstream. They found traces of caffeine in Homer Diaz's blood. Well, I guess we know what he was high on. But again, why? Why be in a different drug from the other people who are a part of this whole thing? Hans, do you know what the substance was that Vicky was injected with? Unfortunately, nine. Whatever he was injected with, it seems to have been the last of it. All of the parts and pharmaceuticals that were at Hugo Bernard's house were either all used up or were just leftover refuse from the process they used to make uh, whatever it was they made. We were able to recover some of the equations and diagrams for making the substance from Hugo's house. However, there wasn't enough information there to put back together the whatever he was making. And the information that is there is very confusing to begin with. Well, I guess we'll have to table it for now. What were you guys able to see on the videotapes in the brothel? More mysteries, to be honest. It's just a video of the main hallway. There wasn't any video from inside the actual rooms. There wasn't anything really of interest. Just nodes moving around the hallway. No images of Omer Dia or the killer. I guess they got into the brothel some other way instead of the front door. Maybe the window or something? Huh. So what's the next move then? We dig up Omer Dia's body and see if it has no tech inside of him to start. Yeah, and we need to find Matt Peters from BIT, too. He ran off after he tried to kill me. I have a feeling if we can find and follow him will lead us to this exchange thing. How are we supposed to find him? He likes girls. What? Yeah. He does, doesn't he? He really likes girls. Girls that know robots. And he always goes to the Aurora Club. What are you guys talking about? When we spoke with Matt Peters, he was obsessed with finding a date. I don't know if it was the drugs or not, but it's all he talked about. 
He said he'd like to go to the Aurora Club to try and pick up brainy girls who knew a lot about robots. So if we could send an undercover agent in to hit on him, we could easily get a lead to where the exchange is happening. Well, don't look at me. I'm not exactly Miss Charming when it comes to picking up guys and bars. Yeah, and neither you nor me know very much about robots when compared to... Zippy. Huh? What? Looks like you're going to be making friendly with a scholar, Zippy. No, no, I, I can't! Why not? Patricia, you know I'm not into boys. Don't worry, I'll teach you the timeless art of nerd seduction. Zippy, we need this information to help Vicky. To help Vicky? Okay, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it to help Vicky. He helped me and now I, I need to help him. Okay. Let's go dig up a corpse. That was episode four of the Bagua Tui Box. Tune in next week for the continuation of the story in the Bagua Tui Box, episode five, Exhumed Seduction. This week's episode was written and produced by Charles Davis. It starred Charles Davis as Otto Vinekainen, Noel Micarelli as Patricia LaCroix, Daniel Ryder as Martin, Hugo Bernard, and Hans Renald, Josie Carici as Zippy Ernstein, Officer Maggie Bernard, and Veronica Yap, Rob Levine as Sheriff Howard Bates, and Jonathan Check as Officer Vicki Jones. Before you leave for the evening, we would like to deliver you a final message from one of our sponsors. Peter Pexler's new one-man comedy show has just opened up on Broadway. Go and watch Peter weave a yarn as he tells about the triumphs and tribulations of his life in what John Review is calling the most hilarious one-man show since Welcome to My Anus. That's The Peter Pexler Show, premiering this Friday. You've been listening to Sci-Fi Radio Theater. You can listen to our latest radio play podcast on our website at www.scifiradiotheater.com or you can download them directly from iTunes. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at SF Radio Theater and email us your feedback at sci-fi-radio-theater at gmail.com. Hi, this is Kevin Batchelder. <laughs> And this is the Saturday B movie reel. Do something. Shoot it. Shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> That's about describes it. Yeah. All right, everybody stay here. We look specifically at the Sci-Fi Channel's original movies. You know the ones. The ones that air on Saturday night. Be known throughout the ages as an instant classic. <laughs> we need a bigger gator! Uh, limb cutting yes. and blood squirting from... <laughs> Flying limbs, I from, called it in my notes. <laughs> what could go wrong? We look on a regular basis at the movies as they come out, and since they've been over 200 of them, we do go back and look at many of them that are now out on DVD. By this point, I had completely forgotten any semblance of seeing if this actually makes any sense from a plot point of view. So come on by, get involved, and have some fun. Check us out at SaturdayBMovieReel.com. The future depends on it. Make it safe. So Ghost infected Frank. He passed it on to the other guys, and I got it from his corpse. Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but... Ugh, man, there's just way too much on all these channels. But only in-game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one! In your dreams, Nutloaf! Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get... I get vision. Walter, what are you doing? What you learn? I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. 
How did you get into my house? SFFaudio.com The sound of tomorrow. Explore the limitless worlds of the imagination with SFFaudio.com Reviews and features, audiobooks, online audio, full cast audio drama and radio theater. The ultimate source for news from the world of science fiction and fantasy audio. Brought to you by the most trusted team in the business. SFFaudio.com The future never sounded so good.